Hey guys, how are we doing? It's Chris Cataldo back with another episode of the Club Paradise podcast. Um, today I'm not doing a, an actual episode. Uh, the next episode is going to be so far gone once I get the outline together and start filming. Uh, it's really close to being done. Stay tuned for that. Um, but today I really wanted to get into um, last week I went to the It's All a Blur tour for Drake. And I got to say, I'm just so extremely disappointed by the showing and the performance and everything that kind of went with it. And I just wanted to break that down for you guys today a little bit. It's going to be a short episode, but I figure I'd give you guys kind of my first impressions and, and what I was uh, experiencing. Um, I mean, first things first, we're based out of New York. We saw the show at MSG, Madison Square Garden, uh, the most famous arena in the entire world. So, you know, we're lucky we get to go there and be able to experience stuff uh, at such a important venue. We know we're very lucky that in that way. That's always fun for us. We take the train in, a couple drinks, and then we go in and, you know, in no time we're at Madison Square Garden at Penn Station. And uh, that part of it's always great. We pretty much get there right when the show is quote-unquote starting at uh, 8 p.m. And, you know, we go around getting drinks or whatever. It took forever to get a drink because on our, le- our upper level, we got upper deck seats. Upper level, there's one bar or two bars for the entire section. Uh and the, it took us maybe like almost a half an hour, 20 minutes to get a drink, which is pretty pain in the butt. Uh, that's got nothing to do with Drake or the tour, but more like MSG. And it's weird they didn't have more concession stands open. So out of the gate, just even before we get to the to the show, uh, it's really weird that I thought, you know, you look at the cover art for the tour itself in the title, it's all a blur. And you see, you know, him as a kid up to wheelchair Jimmy into where he's getting into fame and, you know, the, the faces as it's going across. And you think it's going to be more of like a chronology of his work like I think that's for some reason how it was sold and I just don't think that was really an accurate representation of what we were given I was expecting you know throwbacks deep cut throwbacks um full full performing in songs and just a great dynamite show I mean to me he just really half-assed it in a lot of ways um and that would have been a great show and unfortunately it wasn't he uh, my next point being this tour did not have to be with 21 Savage I don't think it was necessary to any effect. I know they had just had the album and it was good enough for, you know, uh, the public and for sales and all that. I know it did well, but there was nothing special about the joint album they did together. And I don't think anybody can really contest that. Um, I didn't like the album. I haven't liked his last three albums personally. They've all been very whatever to me. I gave them the listen. I gave them the due diligence and that wasn't for me. So, but to, to center the whole tour around this, around this album I thought was just weird because it was, you know, joint albums aren't good at the end of the day. Like even, even the best joint albums that they're not like great pieces of work in my opinion, you know, even you look at like, uh, you know, Holy Grail with Jay-Z and uh, Kanye, it's a good enough album, but it's so hard to have equal playtime on an album, have it be impactful and good the way it needs to be. So I don't like joint albums to start with. So that was really not, not good for the, the album in its own right. But, like, we didn't need to have 21, and if you look back before this show even happened, we saw a couple of shows where, I think there was like two or three shows, maybe two shows, where uh, 21 Savage wasn't there. Um, the Toronto show, he brought out J. Cole and did a bunch of songs with him, and 21 wasn't there at all. I think there was another one that he wasn't there for because he was in Rolling Loud. So, and those were probably better shows. I mean, you can't have J. Cole come out and have it be compared to 21 Savage. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, he, I don't like 21 Savage. I don't think he's remarkable by any stretch. I don't like mumble rap. I, I want to be able to hear what the rapper's saying when they're singing and rapping. So for me, it's just not a good fit. 
because um, to me, this tour was really a great opportunity to annihilate his back catalog, do like a greatest hits and give us, you know, some of the oldies. I mean, that's not too much to ask. I think he made three disappointing albums. I haven't liked anything since Scorpion. You know, 2017 was six years ago, you know, at the recording of this podcast. So it's like, you got to give me something to sink my teeth into at the end of the day. And uh, the oldies are good. Like, you're one of the best-selling artists of all time. It's it's your throwbacks that keep you alive. I mean, if you look at his streaming numbers, I'm sure it backs it up. So that's that's what I was dying for. I think a lot of people were looking for it. Um, but I truthfully, I don't think a lot of people at the concert were looking for it. And I'll get into that point in a minute. Uh, when I when we do the, I'm gonna start with the good, then we'll go into the bad. But I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it a little bit after this. Um, so the show did start at a good time. It was an eight o'clock show. It was scheduled to be eight o'clock, and you know he was on the stage by nine fifteen, which I thought was pretty good. I've been at shows, you know, country concerts, some other concerts where they they hose you and they come out two hours after their start time. So you know, given everything that went into it, I don't think nine fifteen is terrible. But I don't like this whole. Uh, you know, they had an opener and everything. We'll get into the opener. Like, it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't amazing. As far as the early song selection, so I'll, I'll run through the, the the opener of the show. It was the, so the, the songs that he picked were good. I'm not going to say they weren't good, but I think there was like some other strong candidates he could have went with. So he opened the show with Look What You've Done, which I thought was amazing. I mean, it's one of, for me, it's a top five song for him. And the way he did it with Young Drake and the hologram and everything um, of him being on the stage and they project Drake's face onto the kid's face through the screen. It's, it's, it's pretty cool um, pretty cool technology they used to do it. So I thought it was, that was pretty fun. Um, and it was like a 10-minute walkout for him. So the, the instrumental for Look What You've Done was playing just the entire time. So for me, that was great. I was getting emotional. It was, I love it. I love emotional Drake. That's, that's my bag with uh, his, his content. So they do that. Look what you've done into Marvin's room. Say something. Shot for me. Can I? Which I thought was a weird one to pepper in there. Uh, feel no ways. Jaded. Jungle. Over. Headlines. The motto. Hell yeah, fucking right. Uh, Start from the bottom. Energy. Know yourself. Nonstop. And then it goes into sickle mode and some of the old uh, newer stuff. But um, that part of the show, you know, those twelve songs or fifteen songs, he literally must have crushed through it in in twenty five minutes. 25, 30 minutes maybe, and he's talking in between. Girls are throwing their bras up. They're doing all that stupid stuff, um, just slowing the show down. And I, as far as the song choices, they're not bad. I thought Say Something was a good choice because that's really a, a deep throwback from whatever, 2010 or 2011. And um, Can I, like I said, weird weird pick. Um, and then they jump right up to Views with Feel No Ways, Jaded Jungle. You know, like that was a little jumping out of order, which I thought was a little annoying. Um, over was a great pick. Um, you know, Marvin's room was very good. Like these are good songs, but I would really like to see some, I think I would like to see it a little bit of more of a variety over like, you know, there's nothing from so far gone here. You know, there's nothing from, um, I'll say something I think is on thank me later, but there's nothing from so far gone. There's I don't think there's anything here from, yeah, started from the bottom is off. Nothing was the same, but I would have liked to see some, maybe some come through or something a little different. The choices, I think, weren't phenomenal. Um, you could disagree with me. I mean, this is not a bad spread. The only song he did play in entirety was Jungle, which I thought was weird because it's such a slow song. It's a phenomenal song. I love Jungle, but I thought it was a weird... It was an interesting choice to make your uh, make it the full play. So I appreciated it, but you know, I think he could have done a little bit differently. I think the center stage setup is great for any show. You know, It, ma- it makes it so really there's no bad seats. 
uh, kind of like a hockey game. You know, everyone's circling around. So he has a center stage set up underneath the giant TVs in the middle. And uh, the actual stage itself was like like LED panels, like, like, like screens and stuff. So it had a bunch of crazy kind of like colors and different things on it, images, a whole, a whole slew of things. So it kept the show very engaging with the, with the light show that was going on with it as the regular lights. So that I did appreciate. That was pretty cool. Like I said, the look what you've done intro with his younger self, I thought was great. It was great that before this tour, he hadn't played look what you've done live in about 12 years from what I read, which is literally when take care came out when when that album came out it's the last time he played it live on that on that tour the club paradise tour when you know, represent the merch we went and we bought merch off of ebay for the for this tour me and my fiance were both wearing club paradise gear which is great because it's my take care is my favorite album so i wanted to rep that time 2011 2012 was a great time for music and it was a great time for drake so that was awesome so look what you done was great it was a, it was a great intro song it really warmed everybody up he brought his mom out uh, for one, like two shows after us, he brought his mom out for it. No, we were on the Sunday, on the Tuesday. He he brought his mom out, which is pretty cool at MSG. So it's it, the song is a tribute to his mom and everything she did and sacrificed for him. So you got to appreciate it, which was pretty cool. But in our show, like we said, it was young Drake, hands him the notebook, and, he's, and he raps out of it. And uh, they map Drake's young face to his face through the technology they have through the projectors, um, which is really f- cool. It's a fun way to, to use the technology. Um, and then about halfway through the show, a little less than halfway through the show, uh, they did the crying face filter like you'd see on Snapchat, which I thought was hilarious. Like everybody was laughing when it came on and everybody enjoyed it. So for me, that was a fun little one. And you know, it's pretty much what I looked like at the beginning. Cause I was crying a little bit there and look what you've done because it's emotional time. So you can compare it to, we went to the show in 2017, uh, where it was Drake and Migos doing the, I think it was a Scorpion tour. You know, that was a completely different show. If you look up the set list for that, and it was a lot of Migos, which I don't care for Migos at all. And uh, he just played everything off of the new album. He didn't give us any throwbacks. So really, I should be grateful for what we got. But they also didn't market it. That, he didn't market that show as like a, it's all blur kind of throwback tour. So it's a little bit different. Um, and the, so that's all the good things I thought about the show. There's really not that many of them, unfortunately. Uh, let's get into my bad, my bad things. This list is kind of long. This is not a Drake thing. This is more of like a Ticketmaster ticket prices thing. I mean, the tickets were so much money. I mean, they got to get some legislation going about what the hell is going on with concert tickets because it's just so much money. It's it's so, like, we paid, I mean, close to $400 a ticket to go see this show, and we were up upper deck. Like, we were pretty much, we were on this portion of MSG. It's called the Chase Bridge where it's, it's even with, um, like, the, the nosebleeds of MSG, but it's like set forward and it's meant for like sports writers to sit up there for when, um, when like basketball games are going on, but they sell them as regular, you know, seats when uh, concerts come up. So, you know, we paid, it's the most I've ever paid for a concert ticket. I've never even thought about paying that much for a concert ticket. I mean, this with a Taylor Swift thing, it's ridiculous. Like people are paying, you know, people that are on the floor seats paying thousands of dollars, lower bowl, they're playing, paying, Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for seats. I'm like, this is this is not what concerts are about. They should this shouldn't be happening. I'll I'll back it till the day is long. Give me a petition. I'll sign it. Like this is ridiculous. Tickets should not cost this much. That's all I'll say about that. What's kind of annoying now? Um, a couple of shows after the show I went to, uh, when he went to Philly, he started doing this. Uh, where he went right after New York, he went to Philly. He um, started changing the clothing song. He's been doing a uh, Teenage Fever. He did the first uh, different instead of legend. Um, I love Teenage Fever. 
Um, I'm glad he didn't play it at my show because I left halfway through. I didn't make it to the end of the show. So I would have been upset if I missed Teenage Fever. But I think it's um, that's a good way to keep people there. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe people are leaving a lot. Maybe people are doing what I did and leaving before 21 comes out because no one gives a shit about 21. So um, that's a good way to keep people engaged and at the show. Um, he also walked out Meek Mill, which is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't, I thought they were still beefing. I guess they're not beefing anymore. Uh, Lil Yachty was the opener for our show. I don't like Lil Yachty. Again, I don't care for that style of uh, rap and hip-hop. But um, I could see why people would like why people like him. I mean, he's not really relevant anymore, in my opinion. He's on some podcasts and some stuff like that. But I don't think it's good. He's got, like, the two songs. He's got, like, I Spy and Broccoli. And literally... They didn't announce him. He just kind of started. It was very weird the way they set it up, set him up, or the lack thereof. You know, he went out, he was doing a couple of songs or whatever, and everyone was like, oh, there's somebody on the stage. Like, it was it was very bizarre. So we're all getting drinks and stuff, and then people were just kind of, it was like 30% full, 25% full, the stadium when y- Lil Yachty went out, and I'm like, this is sad. You know, like, no one's here to watch this guy. Cool and all, but it was kind of weak, and I didn't I didn't really need that. Again, when, when Drake went out, the first, his called his first, like, set, uh, those first 15 songs I mentioned earlier, they just did one chorus or one verse or a combination of a chorus and a verse, and he would just blast through it, and he um he wouldn't really linger on the songs. Like, you know, I want to hear the song. Like, just play the song. You know, if you've been to any normal concert, I think they do this a lot in hip-hop concerts. They just kind of, like, rock it through their catalog and call it a day so they can get out. Um, But, like, dude, I paid all this money for your show. I'm a lifelong freaking fan I bought Take Care like when it was a physical CD. Like, can you can you help me out a little bit here? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, play the songs. Like, I don't think that's a crazy request. You know, I was getting ripped on on TikTok and Instagram for not. They're like, oh, they that's how they do it. And I'm like, it shouldn't be how they do it. This is ridiculous. It makes me upset. Like, I want to hear. You know, like Marvin's was an instant classic banger for me. I want to hear the whole song. Like, play the song, man. Uh, enough's enough. Oh, here's another thing. Is it, you know, I'm a Drake fan, clearly. Like that's why I did this podcast. That's why I'm putting this all that's why I'm putting some time and effort into doing this. And for me, it was a big deal to go to this concert. And here's the thing. People that go to concerts now, I think there's a certain kind of like it's it's the hop it's the it's the hip thing to do is to go to the concert. I think that's a lot of the people for when he when he played the Apollo. He played a dynamite set at the Apollo before this tour happened. And I wish I was there because he played an amazing throwback set. Like, that was the perfect set he played at the Apollo. You know, so I wish I was there for that. But then you just see a sea of people holding up their phones. And the Apollo is small. It only holds like 1,200 people. But, like, no one's singing to the songs. No one's, like, going crazy for it. Like, it was weird. It was very weird. So I think people go to shows sometimes just because they think they should be going to shows. You know, or they think they should go to a concert because it's the hot thing. It's on social media, whatever. And they're not really fans. Um if I had to like put a number to it based on everybody that I saw at this concert, um, I would say like 90 over 90% of these people really weren't Drake fans. They're like popular music fans and they like hip hop, but they like going to concerts. Nobody was wearing merch. I was wearing vintage merch. I saw one other guy with a Scorpion t-shirt on, which is like, I guess at this point, six years ago is vintage for it. And like nobody was into it. It was very weird. Like me, I was, I was standing up the entire show. I'm screaming. I was like hoarse the next day. I was like, sweating i'm crying i'm doing all these things i'm going through all these emotions and like nobody's into it it was so weird except like the party bangers people were like getting a little rowdy but it didn't really pop off and then um you know i think they do it as like a social people go to this stuff as like a social thing to do and not so much to enjoy the music 
for the artist. It's very weird. It was a very bizarre feeling being in that being in that arena with everybody. Especially in the old song set, the my prime time for the show. A lot of people I don't think knew that music. It was really weird. I was like singing my heart out and like everybody in the section around us and on the whole bridge, nobody was really singing. It was it was a very weird phenomenon to say the least. Everyone's got their phone out. I hate people with phones out at shows. Like, you're at the show. Be at the show. Like, you don't need to record it. You don't need to put it on Instagram. You don't need to blast it out everywhere. Like, I took one clip the entire show. And that's the one I put on the Instagram the other day. Enjoy the show. Be where you're at. There doesn't need to be a sea of camera phones out there doing the show. Like, it's okay. Like, you can be where you are and enjoy it. So that's a big pet peeve of mine, truthfully. Uh, just weird atmosphere. Weird, weird crowd. Could have just been my show, but, you know... Uh, you know, and obviously I'm kind of like a diehard, so I guess I'm being a little critical. But at the end of the day, know the music, know the know the artist, be there for the right reasons. Otherwise, why are you gonna waste your money? Like it just it drives me crazy. The merch was awful. Um, I wish I took a picture of the merch spread because it was not good at all. It it, it there was maybe like twelve or fifteen shirts you could choose from. There was a lot. I was like blown away, and there was only one worth getting, and it had like a. Had the OVO owl and then said it's all a blur on it. The rest of them had like the her loss cover, uh, the honestly never mind cover, all these things. I'm like, I don't care about any of this stuff. This looks terrible. So it was cool to have one with the OVO owl on it because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that out that much anymore. So uh, we picked up a couple of shirts. They're 50 bucks a piece, which is crazy. I, mean, I already spent all this money to get into this show. Now I got to pay for this merch. It was ridiculous. So, but the shirt looks good. Worth it, especially because I was at the show. So why not pick up some merch? So all the visuals were very weird. Like during the songs and everything it was good. It was really during the interludes that was it was very odd. You know, everyone's seen the the Virgil statue with the paper plane that, you know, gets remote controlled through. Um, you know, he's got uh he he changes into like a butcher apron and like the scream mask stuff that flies around and then um during child's play right before the the bullshit DJ set, there was um it was like a sperm light show. It's like come like on the stage, there was just like a whole bunch of sperms, like a hundred of them, just flying around, floating around on the digital part of the stage. And then he had a giant sperm, like flying through the air, like on a remote control or whatever, or on a line. And it's just like it's giant, like literally the size of this room must have been. There's just like a big giant sperm. I'm like, what is this? Like, why? Why are we doing? That? I get it. It was during Child's Play. I guess it was trying to be like a witty kind of play on words or something. I don't know what the deal was, but it was weird and it was distracting. It was a giant flying Peter Pan, like the size of like 10 cars or something. It was huge and just like floating around. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, this is so distracting. It's a weird thing for the show. Can't you just like play the music? It's just weird. I didn't like it. That's all. So at the end of the front half, let's call it before I left, they were from, it was uh controller, too good, find your love, fountains, work one dance calling my name so this it was i have it here it says bullshit dj sex that's exactly what it was he like takes a break and like walks out to where the djs are hanging out and he like eats an uncrustable and they like run this like beat through everything that kind of links it all together and then they just run through it and he like just deep throats uncrustables and then half sings the songs and then he breaks into like a break which was really weird i'm like these are good songs and you like you fucked them up for me like, I wanted to hear those ones in their entirety, and you made them sound like crap. And that's another thing he does when he does all the songs, is he sings them out of tempo, he sings them more than he raps them, it's like, he doesn't do it. Like, have you ever seen the Counting Crows perform, they do this stuff, where they are Harry Styles, like some of these guys, they'll do them as as they weren't recorded, and I get it, you're trying to give it, like, its individuality, or whatever, and that's fine, but 
it's hard to sing along to. So I, I like the stuff when it's in proper beat, it's in proper tempo, it's it's done more or less the way it's recorded. So he did that the whole show, and that really bothered me for whatever reason. And that, that was like the last stretch of good songs too. So I'm like, you you didn't give me enough on the front end, and then you chooched me on these last six songs on the back end. I'm like, you really? I was so pissed by the time we left. I'm like, I'm like let's go get some merch and get out of here. Like it, it was so stupid. And I didn't stay for when Legend came on, but um, in general, I think it's just a weak closing song. Like, I think he could have, like, either rocked the house with, like, uh, like Miss Me or something fun, and then everybody leaves, or, you know, so, just something different. I think it's, to end on a slow, just a slow song like that after you do a whole set with 21, I think it's a, it's a strange choice. And then this is going to be my last point here before I wrap up. It's the whole 21 bit, right? The whole 21 um, set. Right, so he does 12 songs by himself, which is so much. I think that's ridiculous. If you're going to promote a joint album, that's fine. The way it was set up, 12 songs for Savage, and they do five songs together, and then he does Legend by himself. And I'm like, all right, uh, this is how you make this actually work, because this doesn't work. You give Savage three or four songs. He can do those by himself, whatever, that's fine. Let them do the four or five songs. Let's cut that down to four where they do them together off their joint album that they're promoting. So that's like seven or eight songs you get right there and then let drake close out with a banger set give him like another seven songs of just drake you know do half a take care for me and then we call it a day or something like that or you you play some so far gone or whatever so that you can wrap up the show properly like there's nothing here if you're not a 21 savage fan which i think a lot of people aren't it's which i think is a fair thing because 21 savage is such a specific sounding rapper and he's way different than Drake's style, so it's hard to like both at the end of the day. So I think it's kind of a big ask to, for people to get on board with a joint 21 Savage album. So I think that's a decent way where you could fix that set list and you could fix this uh, terrible lineup. You know, it's like almost good. That's that's the heartbreak about this set list. It's like it could be a good set list. They just fucked it up. There's no really better way to say it. You know, it, it had a lot of potential. Um... You know, it, it's it's awkward. It breaks up terribly um, in between. On the front end, in between, they, they break out into way too sexy, back outside voice, Jumbotron, Chip Hop, and, and Laugh Now, Cry Later. And I can do without all those for me personally because I just don't like them. Um, and then it comes dips back into God's Plan, into our, um, you know, our sperm light show, God's Plan, Child's Play, Wait For You, In My Feelings, and then it breaks out to Bullshit DJ Set. So, like, it could have been good. I mean, they really fumbled the bag with this and i think this could have been a legendary kind of tour if they did it right and in my opinion they just didn't uh they had everything in place the marketing was good the promotions and everything they did a great job and obviously that's why it's a successful tour but at the end of the day i think they just didn't they didn't have the the right fan in mind i mean they're the one of drake's big problems right now is he's trying to be as relevant as possible i mean he dropped three projects in three years which is really not his style he usually takes like a year and a half almost two years in his prime his prime being probably like when Views and uh, More Life came out. I think he really peaked there uh, socially. I think his best work is So Far Gone to Nothing Was the Same, but those projects were still good. You know, Views and uh, and More Life were both so good. Now I think he's just trying to ride the wave and stay relevant with a with a uh, artist like Twenty One Savage, and uh, I think he's neglecting his real core of uh, fans at this point, which is depressing. So. I think um, we'll see. You see, a new album's coming out in about two weeks. Uh, I'll do a live listen, 
and review in real time for that. You know, we'll get a good shake of where we're at. I hope, um, uh, you know, he says it's some of the old Drake shit. I'm hoping it's like Take Care Part 2 or nothing was the same Part 2. Like, give me some of that. Some bangers that I can vibe with immediately. Radio play, um, party songs, uh, something I want to cry to, a couple of those, and then we'll be good. Like, keep it simple, dude. Go back to your roots because that's how you made your name. I know music's changing, but you made your name in the right, in a different era. Maybe if you come back to that, you can find some more success with it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. We'll talk about this in another pod, but it's so hard when when uh, artists are successful because they change so much because they're not hungry anymore. They lose their drive. They don't have the same life experiences. Like he's a bajillionaire with a private jet and he's a gam- gambling and all this stuff. So he's so far away from what he was that it's hard to make music from what he was because he's not that anymore. So his music reflects the changes in his own life. So, you know, all we can do is cross our fingers and hope for the best with the next album. The tour... It's all right. I mean, people that are going, people are like, oh, should I not go? This show's fine. Go, enjoy it. You know, have some drinks. Enjoy yourself if you can, if you're of age. Um, and just just do it. It's it's still a good experience. You could say you went to a Drake show. He hasn't been on tour in six years, like I said. So you really, these don't come along all that often. So if you can get the money, go and do it. But it could be better. And that's it for me, guys. I'll catch you on the next episode. Club Paradise Podcast. See you later.